Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Good vs. Evil podcast. It is a different voice you're hearing to the start of this today. It is me. Usually the co-host, usually well, one of the co-hosts, usually the other man in the chair. But you're joined by K.O. Miller and I am with my partner in crime, Andrew Rigby. How you doing son? I'm doing all right, mate. Um, thought we'd mix it up, didn't we? Didn't we? Thought we'd throw everyone off, uh, letting you do the intro. Um, it's a cold but bright day here. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good this morning, Mama. Yes, it is a lovely day in sunny yet freezing the balls off camera. Oh, honest, honestly, this it's it's now time to wear three different t-shirts. Up two jumpers and a blanket and still be cold. <laughs> yes, we're getting to winter pastures. The summer is officially gone in my eyes. I know we're happy through a month, but we are now going towards winter. My mother asked my my little over there day for a Christmas list. People, we're getting to winter. We're getting to that time. So, but. The, the constant we have, despite these changes in weather and changes in months, etc., is football. Yep, the um, it's it's um, uh, apart from the weather, um, it is really hot enough, isn't it? Um, obviously, at the weekend we had um victories for all the top four. Um, they're all staying cl- nice and close together. Um, so it's, as we predicted, um, they're just all running away from the rest of the competition. Um, and we're going to talk about each of those games and plenty more. We are, of course, recording this on a, on a Wednesday morning. So we have just uh, gone past the first, um, evening of Champions League football as well, which we will get a little bit stuck into as well, I think, Miller. Obviously, you'll be a very happy man this morning. But that's, that's in case for some reason some people have decided not to see any of the scores yesterday. Uh, don't know what much of what what's happened. We'll, we'll we'll leave it for now and we'll go straight into the Premier League matches at the weekend. Um, did you see it much of the football at the weekend, Mella, or were you uh, worked um, tirelessly again? I was what. Tirelessly. However, I go to work, watch the first half of the Chelsea game, which, by all accords, was a good first half. Well, it, was, it was an okay first half. Uh, I would say the first half in the Chelsea Villa game was the better half for Aston Villa, but it wasn't a bad half for us, I think, Aston Villa held their own slightly despite going well there. I think they they can had they can held their own but a goal from Naku, the man, his first goal at Stanford in the league. Uh, and also I didn't see the second half I watched and I did watch some of the game back. Uh it looked like we were we were just too good outside and eventually Aston Villa got tired and we finished them off. A couple of mistakes led to the Kovacic goal. Um we, we were just outstanding again, then just outstanding again, proving why he is at least in the conversation for the best goalkeeper in the league. Mm, he's um, not. He's not. <laughs> we, we um, I, I, I saw you on um, Twitter, um, ganging up with all your, your Chelsea mates, um, going. Yeah. Kepa's the best goalkeeper. He still isn't. He's still not even close. He's probably, he's probably the third best goalkeeper at a push in the league for me. But he's in the conversation. I don't think he is. I think because I think Alton S is still. So far ahead that I'd still think it, he's still not in the conversation for me. Well, we'll see this season who has the most clean sheets, and we'll see 
But clean sheets doesn't doesn't determine the goalkeeper though, because at the end of the day, a sloppy mistake can lead to a chance which is just unsavable. You know, you know that sort of thing. It's how many times does he save a team? And granted, he saved you at Anfield, and he definitely saved you in the first half against Villa because Villa should have been about three three or four one up by the end of that first half with some of the chances they had. I was actually tearing my hair out off my head. It was ridiculous the chances they were squandering. Um so it was very, very yeah. frustrating. But Lukaku he's he's different class. I think, you know, that, that epitomizes what why there's so much optimism for Chelsea this season because how many times would that chance have gone to Timo Werner or the edge or something like that? And they would have hit it first time, and the keeper would have said there'd be a corner, and they would have gone, "That's a good, that's a good attack for Chelsea." But instead, Lukaku's got it. He's got the composure to cut inside on his right and just absolutely bury it. And it was a crucial goal. It was a crucial goal because you then went into half time, and then in the second half, you made the changes, brought on um, Jorginho. I don't think it was necessarily Jorginho's quality that that really made the difference. It's just that. That extra person in midfield, it just um, made it made you a lot more solid um, and whatnot. Um, I think, I think, I think uh, when he came on, the pace changed. That like he changed the pace of not just the, not just the game, but he changed the pace of the way we were playing. For more he, 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 he he brought a bit more composure to the game, which I think you were missing in the first half, definitely. Um, yeah. We we were second guessing most of the time when he comes on he kind of he kind of lets us know what he's doing he kind of gives that a bit more of maturity and uh, obviously I'm not, not going to say he came on and we were fucking spot on and all that but when he came on we kind of different approach a different direction and then we, we go and we go and we get this thing I mean, we, then, we 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 should so, also mention, obviously, in the second half, you got a big helping hand with a shocking bat pass from Tyrone Mings. I mean, it's so poor. Yeah. I, I mean, so many. It's one of those you just you know, right away. Um, keeper doing his best, but fair play to Kovacic. I do rate him quite a lot, actually, Kovacic. I think yes, he's a, yes. He's a little yeah. bit. He's a little bit like Wijnaldum was for us in terms of you don't people don't notice him too much. But it's because he works so hard and does so much work off the ball. I, I will I will say shout out to Kovacic despite the fact that Kaku did grab two goals. I think Kovacic all round all game. Well Kovacic played the pass to the Kaku for the first one as well. Yes, yes, exactly. So I, I would say uh, Kovacic was our best all round player of you, you know, uh, I feel, I feel said. I think last season he did a great season, last season, but I think best season, he's just been different class already from the start, and I'm excited to see if he can continue that consistency. I know it's still early doors, but I mean, especially every game I've, I think, I think there's one game at the very beginning that I was like he's given the ball a couple of things and since then he's just been on it on it so you know we'll, we'll see if he can continue that and we'll see if Chelsea can continue that well obviously your opposition next week is Spurs so we had Andrew um Andrew on the podcast uh on our special edition uh last week um we, we um, both enjoyed getting an insight into Spurs um and then we done a wee predictions, and I don't remember if you remember this, Miller, but I predicted that Spurs would lose this game, and Andrew got really annoyed at me and laughed at me. But um, can you remind me how that game, how Crystal Palace Spurs finished? Did it finish with an absolute pumping? But come on, did it finish with a debut pumping? <laughs> I I think I think it did. Did it finish my player coming across the pond from a farmer's league? Did it? 
didn't see Odson Edward, the man who missed an, open, missed an open goal in the old turn, didn't see him score two in less than 10 minutes against Pottingham. I, th- I think he, I think he might be spot on, but surely not because Spurs are going to win the league. And no, I'm joking. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't keep this up anymore. I feel so sorry for him. They were abs. In all seriousness, they were tragic from minute one, Tottenham. They really were. It was. I called it a, a typical away performance for Tottenham. It was very typical. They started very slow, little ideas, not really move, not really. Sh- attacking much at all um obviously they did have Bergwin they did have Sun out I think we, that game showed how much um they will they will miss someone they don't have him you know we've had, also we spoke all about Harry Kane how much they'll miss him but equally Sun is just as important um to Spurs as Harry Kane and it definitely showed in this game as well Miller um but um, yeah, they, I mean, to be fair, it was it was nil nil at half time, and Palace they, they they grew into the game. They they they, they had a bit of respect for Spurs for the first fifteen twenty minutes. Um, it was a very poor first half, I've got to say. I was really like struggling to stay awake, even though it was midday on a Saturday. But nevertheless, they, but at the end of the first half, you just you could see the Palace were just they were the they were the more positive side. They still hadn't created anything, but. They were the one side that looked like they they could they could get they could push on a bit, but yeah. you just expected Spurs to just get a bollocking in the first at, at half time and just come out and just be better. And if anything, they got worse. And Palace came out all firing. Patrick must have just gone right. See that that's what Spurs are like at the moment. They're no good. Go after them. You can win this game. But um, a yeah. big talking yeah. point though was Tanganga. I mean, I, I, have you have you seen the the the, the incidents that got him sent off? Yeah. Yes, I have. We'll. This is this is when I just burst out laughing because the people during our during our last week's special edition recording, there was a lot of banter between Rigby and Gore, and there was a lot of um, it was things saying that Tanganga is uh, better than Arnold. I, I don't know if it's he couldn't say that though with a straight face. To be fair. Yeah, it was just a bit, it was just a bit of banner in there. But then the curse of those words came to light because this Ganga man decided to shove brutal brutally shove a man for, for his first yellow card. And then I don't know how I don't know what the time scale it, was. Well let's 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 go back to that because let's be clear, the reason he reacts so badly, first of all this is the first one, is that there's a foul on Lucas Mora. Um and he's down on the pitch. Um and I'm I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Palace did be the player down, you know, earlier on and they kicked the ball however. And anyway, they didn't do it it's the upshot and obviously it was a very strong tackle, right? Now, there's one problem I've got with this incident as because Wilfred Zaha should have been sent off. He should have been sent well, off because he's well, the one yeah. that instigates it to start with. He's the one that instigates it. It's just a strong tackle from Tanganga to start with. And then he goes to punch him. He does. If you watch it, he's going to punch him. He's lost control of himself. He's such a lucky man that he doesn't punch him. He really is. And then obviously Tanganga realises it and obviously all hell breaks loose and all that nonsense. So there, Zaha should have been sent off for me. He he really should. And Rag is that little rat, and he got really lucky. He really did. You know, everyone was talking about how good he was after that incident, and he was. Don't get me wrong, but he was very very lucky not to be off for that for me. I think that was a that was ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, I, yeah, I will say I'm not a fan of Zaha personally. I think he's a little bitch. Uh, uh, me and my me and my pal were discussing uh, how he's he's just. He's, he's yeah yeah he does, he does the things that winners do he he go he, he gets he gets the fouls and all that but apart from that he's just he's just a little whiny nuisance and this game showed that I mean Tantanga showed he's an experience and get frustrated way too quickly and it it shows it shows by the second yell and this and a short space of time. 
Yeah, I mean, no. obviously, the second yellow is a tackle that you just can't make if on the ref when you've got a yellow card. You just can't, but it's something that snapped. And it's a shame because he actually had had a decent game until this point. He had had a decent game. He hadn't given Zaha a sniff um, or whoever he was up against. Um, so he was having a good game. And it's death. And then obviously, he makes a silly tackle. It had to be a second yellow. There was no doubt about it. And it sealed Tottenham's fate, didn't it? Let's be honest. Yes. I mean, if you can't perform well with 11 men, go down to 10 men, then that, that kind of opens you up for failure. And it did, because after that, Palace was on it. And didn't really look like they were going to do anything. <laughs> What did you think Not of the pen- what did you think of the penalty decision? The um the when the ball hits um Davis's hand or something. Um what what do you think? Is it in a natural position or do you think no it's hit his hand penalty all day long? I thought it was kind of a fifty fifty. I could see why people I see why some referees wouldn't give it. But I could also see why they could. I think I've watched so many different games of football, different referees, where you're like, there's, no, there's not one straight line for every decision. So, oh, if it was this referee, it was a penalty, or if it was this ref, maybe not. But I think it's just, to me, handball, penalty. Um, we've discussed our penalties in the past, our handballs. Uh, and I feel this was just another example. Uh, what was your thoughts? Did you think it was too harsh? Or did you think it was? Yeah, too hard? I mean, the what I've, the problem I've got with this one is that he, there's, he's not made a movement towards the ball. His hand is just for me. That's you know when you're you, you know you're pointing to someone to you know get in behind you know tuck it and all that stuff. This one's a bit. This one's a nap. This is one that you don't want to see. Because obviously there's no intent to block the ball, it's just hit his arm. You know, he's not really moving it to be honest. And it's mm. one of those where I question whether the ref had just bottled it with the home crowd around him and just didn't have the ball to just not not give it. Um, mm. but it's it's you know it's fifty fifty. If you know every team has at least had this, you know, gone their way once or twice in the last couple of years. You know, it's it's one of those, it's just a penalty. I mean, it's a pretty similar situation that you could say towards when, obviously, we beat, we got our penalty in the Champions League final against Spurs, but I would, my argument would be that Sissoko's had a lot higher uh, than Davis. But it's the same sort of concept. Um, but, you know... I think, it, it, I think it, it's, a, it's a slight... Karma because he shouldn't, he, he just shouldn't be doing, he shouldn't be in that, not in that position, but it was, it just looked a bit clumsy to me, his position, and also, which kind of led to, I don't know, but oh well, it happened, and, and that just led to the downfall. It did, obviously, they, they put the penalty away, um, and they, they just... One thing I'd say about this game is that Harry Kane needed just to do a little bit more off the ball. He just needed to run into the channels more than he actually did. Um, he, it's just one of those games that they just they needed somebody just to start running in behind and just, just, just getting the ball up the pitch. And There were too many times that they, they were too congested in the middle of the park. They didn't use the width at all. I think in the first half, the one positive that you could say for Spurs was that how much space Rigueon was getting on that left-hand side, the, the left-back. And there were a few times that he got in behind and it looked quite promising. And he just didn't do that enough of that. And and I just, I, yeah, I think they were just too, they were just too thingied on trying to keep the ball rather than, you know, being a bit more direct, just, you know, just cause cause a few more problems. Because their defence aren't the quickest, let's be clear. They're not they're not the quickest. So um I think they missed a trick there. But obviously then as well came on and obviously poor Ben Teke, the last thing you wanna see is when you get brought off is the new signing getting on and, and scoring two goals. But it does just that. I think Edward's gonna be a brilliant signing for Palace. I really do. Um 
you could say a farmers league, but um, I think he'll do very very well for Palace and and fair play to them. And it was a bad day for Spurs all around. It it really was, and especially when the rest of the the top four win, it just kind of shows right that's the level. Yes, Spurs are good, but they're gonna lose that at that uh, game every so often, and that's what's gonna that's what separates them and the top four at the moment, in my opinion. So. Not a good day for Spurs all round, um, was it, Bella? It was not, but it was a good day for one man. Which man is this? The man on Evans' lips. Oh, Ronaldo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. On every lips, I've seen every. Everyone talk about this man, this myth, this legend. Can I just say, why yes. does what can everyone fuck off with the hype of Ronaldo? Well, that's the time I'm going to swear, but honestly, like it's just everyone needs to calm down first of all. Yes, it's fantastic, and you know, the fans, of course, they're going to you know he's very happy and drool and all that sort of stuff, and I've got no problem with that. But what I've got a problem with is that every other fan. Is seems to be overhyped and can't start talking about him and going, oh, he's the best and all this nonsense, right? I'm... If you're not a United fan, pack it in. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely it's, ridiculous. It's... I saw local fans like retweeting United stuff and going, oh, how good is Ronaldo? I know all jokes had. I'm thinking self, he's a United player now. You can't talk good about him anymore. That's not how rivalry works, mate. It's ridiculous. You won't see me tweeting good stuff about Ronaldo. Get lost. <laughs> I mean, we'll see good. We'll see. Oh yeah, he scored two goals. What a performance! Because it's true. But I won't. I, you can get lost. I mean, maybe, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe you. But you know, I mean, I'm not going to start drooling over the motherfucker. I mean, he's 36 years old. We've been drooling over him for 15 fucking years. But he's back. I don't. Yeah, you can do well and all that, but what man you to win the fucking league? It That's was the per. It, it it was the perfect game for him to start, though. Let's be clear, it was Newcastle. We were gonna be fighting relegation this season. It was at home. Not yeah. much surprise that he gets a goal. The first one, it's it's a pretty standard happen. Although he has to be in the position to to score, so so fair play to him. Um, Newcastle came back in the second half. It was a brilliant goal from Newcastle, you know. It was a fantastic counter-attack, um, which was finished off really, really well. And then uh, he gets his second, which is a, a, you know, a very good goal, to be fair. He's in the right position. And it's a superb finish and whatnot. Um, and then Bruno Fernandes gets the third. It's a superb oh. goal from Bruno. It really is. I don't, I don't like him. Yeah. I think he's... You, you called Zaha whiny. That's exactly how I feel about Bruno, and he just winds me up. It really, really does. He doesn't just dive. If he dives, he, and he still doesn't get it. He'll act like he's just been shot in the leg. It winds me up to hell, but it is what it is. Um, but when you've got that much quality, um, I suppose it doesn't really matter um, what people think about you because you just shot him up with goals like that. Um, and then Lingard gets a wee goal as well. So it was a, it was a good day all round for United. It really was. And... and Although I say, you know, everyone needs to, to can't have about Ronaldo, let's be clear, as a United fan, enjoy it, because he is the he is still the, in the top two, top three best players in the world, you know, at 36 years old, so enjoy it, of course. But just as Liverpool fans, just pack it in. Don't give them any more fuel in the fire. It's like they're running out of wood, and you've just knocked down a tree for them. It's You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so, so, just no need. Um, they they talk about themselves, their club, and their history far too much. Don't do it for them. Let them have, but let them let them celebrate themselves. I mean, Mello won't understand that because United Liverpool have got over a hundred years of history, and Chelsea have got twenty. <laughs> and it's a good twenty. Actually, not even twenty. It's like sixteen. <laughs> We make it in because in that sixteen years we've dominated this motherfucking shit, and we've been the best team in the last sixteen years. So no, you haven't. You've you've had patches oh, yeah. in that in those sixteen years where you've been the best team. 
You've never consistently been the best team for four or five years. You've had one or two years, then you fall off a cliff, then you come back. And don't get me wrong, that's still really, really good. But let's, let's calm down here, fella. <laughs> let's calm down, lad. You're starting to show your hatred, Rigby. You're starting to show your hatred, the boys and boys. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard not to hate you. She's uh, just... Uh, do you want, let's 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 not go there. It's this is not about my hatred for Chelsea. It's not, and you know, as a football team, you're a good team, but as a club, hmm. anyway. Um, <laughs> let's can we, can we talk about my boys now? You have the floor. I have the floor. Obviously, we um. I think I said in the last podcast I was a little bit worried about this one because I know how good of a team Leeds are, but um. I think we played pretty, pretty well. Um, dominated from start to finish. Um, this was one of those games where last season we probably would have struggled a lot more without uh, the solid back four that we, we, we now back have again. Um, he just brings, Reggio just brings. He just... When attacks see that we've got Virgil at the back, alongside Joel Massive, who I think actually Massive is getting to Virgil's level. He's at, probably actually started this season better than Virgil, if I'm honest, Massive. I rate, that's how, how well I rate him at the moment. But they're just so solid in teams. They just, they just, they still create chances. Of course they do and whatnot. And I'm not saying that they, they all drop off because they don't. But they don't show that as much intensity to get in behind as they did when we had our major defence last last season because it just looks so, so solid. Um, having said that, though, Leeds, they, they still had a couple of chances in the first half before we got our first one. Uh, I think there was one was with Rafinha, Rodrigo, I'm not quite sure. She had hit it straight to Allison. Um, if they, he'd gone for any other corner, might might have caused a few more problems and whatnot. Um, but the first one came and Salah joins the Premier League 100 club Miller. Um, the ex Chelsea forward. Did he actually score any Premier League goals for you, by the way? At all? I think he did, and this is very significant. I think he's. I think he he did score an awesome Wagner's one thousand game as Arsenal manager. That's annoying. The six 0 pumping. Poor Arsenal. And <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he was one that scored the last one. Um, but yeah, but anyway, um, you know, we get the goal, Trent, lovely little pass, and Salah's amazing movement, it really is. It was 1-0, uh, things were looking good, um, Mane missed a couple of the billion chances that he would miss in this game, I mean, before I talk about the other goals, let's just have a moment, how many? M- Mane had 10 shots in this game, and one goal and each and every one of those other shots were big chances. It was just so frustrating to watch. Now, I'm not part of this stupid, quiet little whisper that people are saying that Mane is done and whatnot, because of course he isn't. Every striker goes through the goes through one of these games in each season where they just can't get the ball in the back of the net and whatnot. And to be fair to Mane, he did eventually get the ball in the net and whatnot. And he is still absolutely world class. And there will be times this season where he will save us in games. He'll get us crucial goals and whatnot. And, you know, fair play to him. But, you know, is an individual performance. He missed some absolute sitters. And my hair wasn't already torn out from the night before with the Villa chances. It was definitely coming out watching Stadio Mane's uh, shooting boots clearly being left on Merseyside. Um... But nevertheless, we were one nil up, um, and then we we got the second. Um, it was from a corner, uh, which actually came from Mane missing again, and then Salah's shot just getting um, uh, just as he was about to take a shot, they 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 slid in heroically to get the corner. Uh, but Fabinho got his goal, good persistence. Uh, Fabinho's been outstanding at the start of the season. He really has. He's controlled that midfield. Completely, um, arguably, he's probably the be- the best midfielder in the league at the moment. 
Um, and definitely in the conversation for sure. I think he's actually better than Kante. Um, so I'm going to throw that right out there. That's not even big. That's genuinely how, what I think at the moment. Um, we will. We, we will. Um, I'll let you have this since you're talking about your boys. I'll let you have Yoji Miller just just needs a few minutes to just calm down with the statement that he's just heard. But it is true. I I do only see facts on this on this podcast. Um, and then it's listen. It's hard not to talk about the um the Javier injury. Um, he'd had a good game oh, again. He'd had a good game. Um, and whatnot. Um, he showed some good composure. Him and Thiago were fantastic in just you know, playing those cute little passes and just controlling the game and then getting forward and whatnot, you know. And he's he's been outstanding, really has. And he felt like, although we knew you, you couldn't rely on for the whole season, he's still a young lad, he's only like 18, 19. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with the way he started at all. And, you know, the fact that he, he Klopp trusted so much to start him in the, at, in the Chelsea game shows you how much he rates him and whatnot. Um... But it was just a really unfortunate moment, you know. At first glance, I didn't really, unfortunately, I, I didn't actually notice the, where the foot was, I think, uh, at, at the time. You knew something was bad when Salah ushered it and they all ran onto the pitch straight away and whatnot. Um, I, I never felt there was any maliciousness in the tackle. It was a tackle that I've done, Miller, you've done once successfully. It's one of those you win 99 times. 999 times out of a thousand and you win it cleanly or you know I mean you might just miss it but it doesn't result in an injury um you know it's one of those he's trying to put his foot over the ball so he, he can win the ball back cleanly and get it back up the pitch and whatnot he's not lunged in um aggressively really either um and it was just a horrible sign. And then when, like, some, like Gary Neville going, we, we can't show that again, I'm thinking to myself, oh, no, this is this this is a bad one. This is a really bad one. And then, obviously... Especially when they don't show it, as you know, it's a, a fucking rough one. Yep. Um, uh, and, obviously, yeah. I, I went on I, I went on social media, I found the clip, and, again, my reaction was... It's just one of those. It's just not a red card, but they're in a position where, because of the injury that it has caused, they're in a position where they they they, they have to send him off. They 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 can't justify keeping him on the pitch after he's caused that level of injury. Um, mm. even though ironically, five ten minutes later, a similar tackle happens on the other end of the pitch on Mane, and it just shows that, you know. He gets the ball and he doesn't get it tangled with Manny's feet, so it's a clean tackle and it doesn't hurt Manny and whatnot. Um, so I felt frustrated, I really did. And fair play to Harvey Elliott because I don't know if you've seen on social media, but he's actually came out yeah. and completely said he should never have been sent off. It was a complete accident, you know, and whatnot. And how many players, how many young players would have that much? going for them you know, that much humility shall we that's what i'm looking thinking of to to do that it you know absolutely outstanding um and he obviously went off you know most of these fans um clapped him off and whatnot and fair play to him but it was just so disappointing to hear after the game that they'd they'd sung that horrible chant um which yeah, every club I'm... does and it winds up and you know what? i'm not even going to give everyone the satisfaction of saying what the chant is, you'll have to, you, you you know what chant it is because if you're not a Liverpool fan, you'll have thought about or have, have sung it yourself. It's just ridiculous. And any any chant that that doesn't that's got nothing to do with the football should be stamped out completely. I'm sorry we have to go very serious just there, but it just wound me up and whatnot. And yes, yes, obviously I know what the chant was. I understand why you don't. It's just a very fucking malicious. Say what they they fucking said because it shouldn't be it shouldn't be brought up ever. It's just those things, and when when you people hear it, you what I mean, and you know I don't like. It's one of those chants that's aimed at the oh. it's it's aimed at the city, not not the club, and that's the problem. Yeah, but... it's, it's aimed it's aimed as a way to it's it's just. 
it's just disgusting. People, get really, really, it's, it's, people are showing their ugly side, and that's all we're going to fucking say about it because it was an ugly, malicious thing to say, and it has no place in football. It doesn't, and let's be clear, every football, we've, even us, we've got chance which they sing to certain teams, and I'm just thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, don't, don't. Why? Just, just why? You know, we, we, we don't like it when it comes to us, but then we'll do it back. It's, it doesn't work like it. It shouldn't work like that, but it does. And I didn't hear it very clear or live. Obviously, I wasn't there, but um, when the majority of uh, Leeds fans that I could see when he was going off were, were clapping him off and all that sort of stuff. So it's not an attack on Leeds at all. It's a very small minority. Every club has them. Um, it's just frustrating to hear about. Um, but yeah, that 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 killed the game really. Um, as everyone knew it would, to be honest. Obviously, these were down to ten men. They weren't really. They would. They were kind of getting back into it before this. Sort of. They were showing a bit more than ten, but I think we were still comfortable enough. Um, but it kind of killed the game, and it again, Mane missed another couple billion chances. Um, and yeah, and in fact, eventually got his goal. So all round, it was a good day, but. Uh, in terms of on the on for the results, but horrible for the lad. Um, he's had surgery. Um, so we'll have to find out how long the rehabilitation will take. Um, but yeah. But 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 we know he'll be back better than ever. He has had a great start to the season. Um, yeah, exactly, hundred percent. So um, he'll be a better footballer. Indeed. Um. So yeah, that's that was that was Liverpool. Um, and the last team in the top four that we've not spoke about very quickly was Steve Bolton is Man City, who had the the arguably the, the toughest game of the weekend. Um, away against Leicester, a team that they'd already lost to this season, and obviously the the Community Shield. Um, and it sounded like you know obviously just a three o'clock kickoff as well, so I haven't seen this in great depth, but um, it sounds like that it was kind of even. Both teams were creating half chances there. Obviously, Leicester did get a goal, but he was just a side body, unfortunately. Um, and then Bernardo Silva, who a bit of a forgotten man, he's becoming a bit of a forgotten man to be honest. Um, popped up with a goal. Um, it's a bit scrappy, but he gets it nonetheless. Um. City take the three points um, at a very difficult place to go to. So, um, yeah, fair play to City for that. Uh, you got any thoughts on that at all, Miller? Not much thoughts. Um, it was it's kind of one of those games. It was a chat, even if you watch the highlights, you watch the game. It's one of those games where it could have went either way. It was, it, it was kind of decently end to end and then six found their breakthrough and they just got the job done at the end of the day. It was just it was it didn't have many didn't have any controversies, didn't have many talking points. It was just a game of ball that went Man City's way. Indeed. Um and also and then on Monday, uh, I was about this game because I actually did watch this and do you know what? Fair play to Everton for this. Really it, it, I, I still hate them just as much as the other clubs, but what I will say is fair play because it was a game again first half not a lot happening, um at all. Burnley took the lead in the second half. Um, they looked a much a better team before they even they got their goal. Um, and then they got it, and then Everton. It, it looked like it's going to be one of those days where they were going to get beat off of minnows and they get a bit of a reality check. But nope, their former Burnley's former man Michael Keane popped up with a goal. Um and then Andros Townsend with have you seen his goal, Miller? It's an absolute yeah. bullet into the top corner from Andros Townsend. Absolutely Andros outstanding. Andros Townsend, the man, comes out the woodwork every few years and just scores a screamer and reminds you why. Why he why he's one of those players that you're so fucking frustrated with because he could have been so much more. He could have he could yeah. he could have been he could have easier been one of the best players in the league, and he's just never been able to show that consistency. I'm afraid. But he can do things like that, and then he'll disappear for another fucking year or two, and then 
will come back because people, this man was a free transfer, so that tells you all about, his, about how his career went. So, yeah, amazing goal. Uh, definitely in goal of the week, obviously. Uh, there's a couple of goals in contention, but this goal has the fucking one goal, the goal of the month, or whatever the fuck. You know, it was just that fucking good. And good one for Everton. I rate, I, I rate, uh, I, I didn't, I don't like, I don't like Everton much as a team, but I do rate Rafa highly, as also you'll do also, as he's a legend, Isha Grukov. Oh, I hate him I, in that Everton dugout. Like, <laughs> every time, when he was linked with the job, I did say to Everton, this is going to be a huge coup for you. And all they kept saying to me was, oh, he's washed up, I don't want him, he's a former Red, and, you know, it's fucking pretty much. But... I knew it was going to be good. And we're so early on still, to be fair. And we could talk in the next couple of months where they've lost a lot of games and he's close to getting the sack and whatnot. But, um, you know, we spoke about Tuchel's tactical genius at times and whatnot. But what about Everton's? Because they got their equaliser and he still decided, no, we're going to go, we're going to change this to a back four and we're going to dominate and we're going to bring another midfielder in Gomez and we because I can see that that's where what we need to do to win the game and it, it definitely did because literally five minutes after that they were three one up obviously Damari Gray got the the third goal and they could have been four one up after Koi because it just stayed on side who is an absolute tank at the moment under Rafa Benitez as well um absolutely decore um had a fantastic game in that second half um so it's all, yeah. it's all good for Everton, who are actually still keeping up with the rest of the top teams as well. So, yeah. fair play yeah, to them uh, for that. Yeah, as we're talking about the Harvey Elliott injury, you know, there is a light in the end, and we, we see that every time I can watch Everton, or see Everton, uh, every time I see Gomez, it reminds yeah. me that you can... You can recover from these big fucking injuries. And every time I do see Gomez come on and play football, I'm like, you know, I'm like, fuck the fucking Lord, because that man's injury was bad. When that, when I, did, I didn't think he was ever going to come back from that. He has. And he's played games consistently forever and, and happy for the man for that. Yeah, exactly. It's had it. You know, I think that was the comparisons made straight away. Like, look at, look at Everton's going there. You know, he he, he came back from from an injury very similar. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed for Harvey. Definitely. Um, Lester Miller. Um, we've not spoke about the biggest thing of the weekend. Arsenal won a game of football in the Premier League. It was incredible, Amela. You've got to give them some praise now. Everyone, Arsenal won a game of football, right? Arsenal scored a goal in the Premier League. Arsenal finally found their smile. Now, now that there, that there, this is for me. It's good for them, but also it's good for me because. Now that they've won this game, Arteta is still in the hot seat. Trust the process, everyone. Trust the process. Oh dear. Can can also kick on this historic one 0 win against the. Bella, stop! Stop being sarcastic. <laughs> Can Arsenal, the pride of London, the pride of the Premier League, can Arsenal kick on and make something of this? Because I will say this, Arteta said something that made giggle, where he said this was the best days of his managing career. Now, this man won an FA Cup. This man, you know, hasn't had the best start to 
his managerial career. But we shall see. You know, he he's beat one of his rivals, his so-called rivals as well. Can he kick on and find new rivals and get Arsenal back to where they can consider the teams their rivals? Remains to be seen. Um, I know everyone. I I usually like this podcast because it gives my little Arsenal segment, and I can, you know, reckon some piss off, but. I can't really do that that much. I can kind of have my wee dig at them slightly. But they got the win. I didn't think they'd do it. They haven't given me a reason to think they'd do it. But they've done it. What's their next game in the league? Are they, are they facing another relegation fighter? Or are they playing? <laughs> oh, we are going to have to get an Arsenal fan on here. So... They can you can you two can just argue and I'm just gonna put my feet up and just listen to you. But that's that's a long way away. But anyway, uh, they have Burnley away, so yes, they do have another so-called relegation rival to play. Rilla. Well, well, after after Burnley kind of nearly put into the rear, will they give Arsenal a game? We will find out, people. Let us know in the know in the comments when I put this podcast up. Well, Arsenal get a win, the second win. Will they get another win against relegation rivals? More to the point, will they outscore the new man Ronaldo in Premier League? Because Ronaldo has just came to the Premier in his debut. He's got more goals in the league than Arsenal. Can they overtake Ronaldo? Okay, all right, okay, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. I'm calling time. You've had your little dig. <laughs> oh dear me. Uh, we'll just there's um a couple more games that we've not spoke about too much. I'm not going into great depth, but obviously, Wolves got finally got their first win of the season. Uh, two 0 against Watford. Their uh, new sign on loan from Leipzig, Wang Ki Chan, uh, got the second. Uh, so it's a good start from him. Um, speaking of injuries, about Javier, obviously another one is Jimenez, who who's come back and is now playing as well. So, plenty of examples for Pavi to be optimistic. Uh, me. Yes. Um. Also, um, talking about teams that made amazing starts, Brighton won again. Um, they got a winner at the end from Leonardo Trussard. Um, against Brentford. Um, which is obviously a waste. Uh, it sounds like it was a, a very even game, but they got the win and they are still six. They've won three out of their four games, so a terrific start from them. And last, but definitely last, uh, the game that I thought would have the most goals, which was Southampton-West Ham, obviously finished 0-0. Antonio, the player of the month from last, last month, doing... Basically, what you probably could have predicted, but nobody actually thought would happen, he got himself sent off. Um, so that's going to harm West Ham for the next couple of games. Um, and yeah, that is all the Premier League games, Mella. Now, obviously, we, we were going to record this yesterday, so we weren't actually anticipating that we could speak about the Champions League games. But obviously, we we delayed it by a day, so... We have just seen the first first evening of Champions League football. Um, we've had some bad results and we had some good results, which obviously is good for the Good Vest Evil podcast. Where would you like yeah. to start? The good side or the evil side? <laughs> well, let's go by the evil slash dumb slash ha side. Okay, so Chelsea only beat Zenit 1-0. There you go. <laughs> no. Let's talk about the mighty Red Bulls getting beat by young boys. A couple of young boys. 11 young boys went on the pitch. Just a disclaimer, uh, that is what the team is called. <laughs> yes, I'm not being creepy. I'm not being creepy. Seven young boys went on the pitch and beat the so-called Premier League champions elect. Ronaldo FC, they beat them 2-1. Rugby 
I was happy. I was happy. My fans were quiet. Yeah, I mean, obviously they they took the lead. It was um a brilliant ball, and it was um not a great finish from Ronaldo, but he still gets it in, nevertheless. Um, Juan Bissaka, what are you doing? You know, he took a heavy touch. The ball's coming away from him. And he decides, instead of pulling out, just to put his foot in. I don't think he actually does mean to hurt the lad the way he does, but it's it's very, it's high to over the top, it's on the ankle. He had to go, and it changed everything. Let's be clear, I think if he hadn't gone down to 10 men, I don't think they would have gotten beat. Or I, I, think, I think they would have won the game, I think. We spoke about a lot at the start of the season that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's the reason that we said the United we're not gonna we're not gonna win the league and whatnot. Um, and don't get me wrong, he has started really well and he has shown some 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 decent tactical news um, in the first couple of games. But this was one that just showed how he didn't know what to do because in the second half they couldn't keep the ball. They let the pressure mount and mount and mount from young boys, and I can't remember if it was just before or just after. Young boys get their equaliser. Does he decide? Nope, I've got to get Ronaldo off. I've I've got to get um Bruno off, and I've got to get control of this game. But it was far too it was it was far too late because they were just constantly under attack. One thing I will say is that United were a bit annoyed that they didn't get a penalty while they were one 0 up. Um, a ball over the top. They were like completely misjudged that Ronaldo's on it like a flash. Um. And he ends up getting caught back by the defender. He gets a slight push in the back. Goes down like a wee baby. Doesn't get the penalty, rightly so. But, you know, you can see the incensed about it. Um, I think they were just clutching at straws. But if they'd drawn that game, I would have still came out and gone, that's embarrassing, United, you You've just held off the second half. You've just tried to keep, just, just you know, keep a draw pretty much. Um you know, rather than just showing your dominance, going, yeah, we're down to 10, but we're still Manchester United, we're still much better than you, and we're still going to walk you off the pitch, which they should have done. Um, that, that did not happen, Rugby, did it? Because, well, boys, done what, done what every other opposition club wanted to do, and they scored in the 90th plus five, was it? Six minutes? Well, if you thought the Tyrone Mings' back pass was bad, what is Jesse Lingard doing? It, it they had they had the draw, which I think they still would have been satisfied with, to be honest. You know, if you're a fan, you know, myself, you, they would have gone, I don't care about you, we've still got the points, you know, away from home, we'll take it. And he just plays this horrible pass, and the forward just reads it really, really well, and it's a devastating finish for United, it really is. I don't, it's not a crisis, because there's so many factors that, that, led, that led to that defeat, and it was not... Nothing to do with United's lack of quality. It was just a lack of composure and just poor tactics in the second half. Um, so, yeah, not a good day for them. Um, another team that didn't have a good day was Barcelona, who it was a very... <laughs> had they fallen from grace so hard. They really have. Uh, Bayern didn't even... It's, it's, they didn't even need to get out of first gear to, to win this game. They were absolutely fantastic. Um, although... Well, I say they were fantastic. They weren't going forward. They were actually very, very poor going forward. It's the first I've seen Bayern play, and they still walked Barcelona off the park. Um, so that was. Um... Barcelona just have next to fucking nothing. See when I look at the fixtures now, and I see Barcelona playing. I don't even think it's a, you know, no. it's not. Like, oh, oh, I'm watching the Barca game tonight. It's like who the fuck wants to watch that Barca game tonight? First of all, you know, you're not, you're not seeing Messi. You're not seeing the players of old like Xavi and Iniesta. What, what, what are you, what are you want to see? Fucking big way. You want to see him play? Like, what, like the soul left when they left. Now everything is just gone. They're dead, pumped, and we're not even surprised now. But I'm going, they lost three 0 to Bayern in the new camp. No one. Cares now is expected. I th- I I think Bayern took pity on them. I really do because they just completely slowed down. It was as if they would they they could have played an easy pass, which they would have been one on one with the keeper. They never did it, and it, it felt like they would just felt sorry for them. And it'll be a difficult. It's gonna be a very difficult period for for Barcelona fans, definitely. Um, 
you know, we've all gone through it, but I think in particular for Barca, they've they've they're going to have a good five, ten years of mediocrity trying to get back to the top. They've got to clear these debts, they've got to reset, um, and they're just gonna to have to take the the pain of not being up there for a while. Um, I think it's gonna to be tough to get them up. if that performance, the likes of Ben, you know, um, the other teams in their group. It's going to be very difficult to get out of that group, I think, Miller, as well, to be honest with you. Um, I'm just trying to remember yeah. who else is in their group, if you want to talk for a moment. Uh, well, I, I'll bring that out. Um, Dynamo Kiev and Benfica are ones in their group, and they drew nil-nil. But I think Benfica will find their chances to get second place over Barcelona, definitely. Um, it'll, it'll only happen as Benfica gets... Gals against Barca, then possibly. Yep, um, uh, and just a, a brief moment on your lads, your boys that obviously did win 1 0 against Zenit. Yes, uh, going into that, um, obviously, I was, I was working last night, didn't get to see the game, watch the highlights. Uh, a lot of people moaning about the team selection, about Chelwell and Werner weren't given a game. Listen, I thought it was fine, Alonso's playing too well just now. Can't really drop him. Uh, well, may need time. I think the players in the forward position are just on point just now. Not really fussed at that. And one player that is the reason why we're not playing. One player that, that is the reason why we're just going to start the season. All respect to the team, but also one man that's firing in all cylinders. Romelu Lukaku, excellent fucking header. Um, he was. He, he was given serve, a wee bit of service for this game. But then that killer fucking cross by, by James. And then Lukaku with an excellent header. He doesn't hit it too hard. It's, it's just a little glance. Yeah, he's, he's a typical striker header. He just taps it and just drills into the net. And it's 1-0. So, but then... Zena almost get equalised, but very unfortunate. They kind of have an open net. You know, if the guy, if the guy just hits it more close to his right, it's tapping. But he scuffs it slightly, and him Mendy collide. But it was it, it was a slow one, but it wasn't one where Mendy goes off or the guy goes off. It's just a goal. And the moment, and Chelsea get out of it alive, I think. Zenit should have scored there and it could have went to 1-0 but it didn't so we not go much into that we can't get out of that little situation it was like we were lucky to get through the game but that's one of the moments where you can go we ruined our chances and rude is very key when I go into this because Rudiger the man the centre back the man the man legends he's been I just love him uh, he ran from the other side of the pitch, skinned a couple of men, uh, and on a zoom up from a couple of seasons back, he decided to go it himself, and can just done really really well, and just drills the ball. He's it's not it's not obviously you know why he didn't score. He's not your typical finisher, but. He does so fucking well, smacks it, and it just goes wide. It doesn't go wide, but it goes wide, and you, you feel sorry for the man, but he had these moments, but, and you know, Zenit could have got a couple other chances, but Rudiger was just solid, just proven by he's one of our best players right now, and Chelsea, on it says, get a contract signed. There's a lot of speculation that Tottenham want Rudiger, don't let it happen. Get the man signed. If you have to give him whatever money, get the man signed. He's been solid for his last couple of years. He was those men that, that kind of got a resurgence under when Lampard gets back. He's just outstanding. Get him fucking signed. And that's really all I have to say with that. It, was a, it, it wasn't the most comfortable performances. But it was a performance where we, we we got the win, we got we got the three points in this Champions League opener. 
the European champions got their victory in the opener. Uh, and we move on. We do indeed. Um, unfortunately, we have just about ran out of time now. Um, obviously, tonight we've got more Champions League games. We've got AC Milan at Anfield. That's going to be a special occasion. Um, and Man City have got a tough game at home as well against Red Bull Leipzig. So, that will be interesting. But we haven't got time, unfortunately, to to go into that, I'm afraid, guys. Obviously, we've also got Europa League action. So, plenty of football for you to to watch during the week and more obviously fixtures in the Premier League at the weekend but that is going to have to do it I'm afraid um, we will try and get a podcast out next week but it's going to be a pretty hard one to do um, I've got a few um, appointments and days that I'm not going to be around so we'll try and do a pod for next week but it might be quite tough so um, if you haven't got one next week you'll definitely have one um, for the week after but as always Miller it's been an absolute pleasure to to digest the football topics with you um good to see that you decided not to fight me um on my true um statement that Fabinho is better than Kante so it shows you've got a little bit of sense yeah but um, <laughs> um... no I'm joking I know I, I, I know I, listen I, I know a good Kante is but he's not playing at the moment so for being just better than him but um yeah that will do it so um it's a goodbye from myself Rigby that's a goodbye from me and take care guys stay safe um and we will see you in the next episode so take care to that see you later guys